If you are listening to this podcast on a podcast platform, please know that in video format, I used American Sign Language to sign the first approximately four minutes of the video and then dubbed it with a voiceover. The listening experience may be slightly different, but I wanted to just give you a heads up. I am an ASL student. Any mistakes made regarding ASL vocabulary, grammar, culture, etc. are not intentional. This video is not meant to be an ASL lesson, nor a lesson in deaf culture. Please consult videos made by deaf people if you are looking for either of these things. The point of this video is to discuss the importance of learning a second language. ASL happens to be the second language I learned. Hello, 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 and welcome to Feed That Nation. My name is Natalie Nation, and I'm that nation, that nation. Get it? Get it? Huh? Anyways. In today's podcast, I wanted to discuss this topic. Why healthcare students should learn a second language. Before I begin, I wanted to tell you all how I learned my second language. I think you've probably noticed I'm using American Sign Language, or ASL. Five years ago, I finished high school and I went to college. My college's name was St. Catherine University, or SCU. When I started at SCU, my major was dietetics and my minor was ASL. I loved taking my ASL classes. It was so amazing. I enjoyed learning ASL in my classes, meeting new friends who knew ASL. I loved going to different deaf events in the community. I had so many opportunities to practice and use my language and I really enjoyed it. It was amazing. After I finished four semesters of classes for the ASL minor, I realized if I wanted to graduate on time, I could not finish the ASL minor. It sucked. For dietetics and ASL, there were so many classes happening at the same time that it just would not have worked out. It would have been very stressful. So I decided I was going to drop the ASL minor. That was three years ago when that happened, when I dropped the ASL minor. Wow, it's been a long time since then. My signing skills, eh, they're okay. I've forgotten a lot of things. My vocab's okay, but I never learned a lot of grammar, so my signing is very English. My signing's not perfect, but I know enough. I'm okay. I can chat, I can understand other people's signs, and I can use my own signs to communicate. Before I dive into today's topic, I wanted to discuss one thing with you, or point it out. Well, it's two things, actually. The first thing is that it's always important for second language students to know how much you know. You need to know and understand how much language you know and how much language that you don't know. The second thing is it's always important to understand when you should use your language. Understand when you know enough language to help in a situation and when you don't know enough in a particular situation to use your language to help. It's all about knowing your own language skill level. Thinking back two weeks ago when I was planning this video, wondering about it, thinking about it, I wondered maybe I should do the whole video in ASL. 
but I realized my ASL is not enough for discussing all the things I want to discuss with you. I know my skill level. And not only that, but you all, my audience, the people watching me, you're not deaf. Why would I do a whole video with ASL if you're not deaf? Well, a few of you are deaf. Hi Renee, I love you. But if my video is not for deaf people, why would I do a whole video in ASL? It just doesn't make sense. So now I'm gonna transition to English for the rest of the video. Bye guys, thank you so much. It was so fun to figure out how to sign that intro. Like I said, I'm kind of rusty. I've forgotten a lot of things. And so I practiced really, really hard to be able to say all of that. I know I made mistakes. I know it's not perfect. And any mistakes I made regarding ASL grammar or vocabulary are definitely unintentional. I would never want to make fun of or parody what is a really incredible and complex language. I am and always will be an ASL student seeking to improve my skills and to use my skills for good. So when we're talking about this topic of why healthcare students should learn a second language, I sort of came up with three main reasons. And the first reason is that we as healthcare students are pretty much set up for success in college because college is a place for student success in learning, and that includes language learning. A lot of colleges will have liberal arts requirements and you can fulfill that with usually English, history, or a language. At least that was the case in my college. And literally college professors are experts in that language and teaching that language. There are tutors, there are clubs, there are TAs. There are so many opportunities for you to not only learn the language, but seeking out extracurriculars to improve your skills, seeking support when you need help improving those skills, meeting new people who also use that language. It's just college is like this awesome place for students to be able to learn and make mistakes in a safe way and have fun and improve without judgment. And that's the coolest, coolest part about college. When I was learning ASL in college, I was able to go to deaf and ASL events in the community when I was just an ASL 1 student, the only thing I could sign was like my name and hi, how are you? And maybe some colors. You know, even though I wasn't great at ASL communication, going to those events and people there knowing that I'm a student, I was able to practice, meet new people, learn new signs in a really safe and comfortable way. When on earth are you gonna have those opportunities again outside of college? The other really cool thing about learning a language in college is that when I was learning ASL, and this might be more of a thing at liberal arts colleges, but I certainly hope it's incorporated into language learning at any institution, is not only were we learning vocabulary and grammar and gloss, we were learning deaf etiquette, how to communicate with deaf people in situations like that. We were learning about history of deaf culture in America. We were learning about deaf culture itself, which I didn't even know existed and we were learning about things like Martha's Vineyard and Gallaudet and just so many more intricate things about the deaf community and ASL as a language outside of just the language itself. And I'll talk more about that later but that was really I think powerful for me because I was diving into a huge complex topic that was completely completely separate from my major which is dietetics. 
Dietetics is super science heavy, definitely very healthcare focused, definitely very, very different from a language learning experience. So when I was a dietetic student and taking my science prereqs, I would have the opportunity to just step outside of that for a few hours when I would go to ASL class. And it was a really nice way to sort of balance learning a bunch of different things without getting burnt out by one particular topic. And I absolutely just, I loved that. And it was so, so much fun. And I've made so many friends through taking ASL classes and still friends with a lot of them. I met one of my roommates because we both knew ASL. But ASL and language learning for me in college was really an opportunity for social experiences and learning and having fun. And it was definitely like one of the highlights of my college career, even though I didn't finish the ASL minor. Diving into more specifically, why is it important for healthcare students to study a second language and learn a second language? And that really boils down to the fact that, especially here in America, there's not an official language, but pretty much the only language that's used to communicate is English. And Spanish is starting to get more common and more popular, and then some places are starting to use more languages in making handouts and having translations on their websites and providers who use those languages. But honestly, if you don't speak English, you don't hear and understand English, you're kind of stuck. How on earth are you supposed to access websites with health information or watch informational videos, read handouts, even see providers in your own language? And that really boils down to the fact that we as students have the power to make that change. Maybe not right now when we're students, but being aware of how important it is for everyone, regardless of what language they speak, to have access to information about health, have access to information about nutrition and reproductive care, have access to information about diabetes and physical activity. Everyone is deserving of that information and that care in a language that they can understand. And us as students having that knowledge and knowing how important that is, we can be the ones to speak up and say, hey, can we get this handout translated? Hey, we should be hiring more people with these languages. We need interpreters on staff. We need to be understanding these things. And who knows, you know, 30 years down the line when we students are CEOs and chief of staffs and whatever leadership positions we find ourselves in, we will have the power to make real change and set real priorities for information accessibility in the future. But that starts now as students with that basic understanding of how important it is for people to have access to information in their own language. The third reason why it is so important for healthcare students to learn a second language is having a second language and learning a second language is so critical for connecting with patients. And yes, I mean in the obvious sense, if you speak the same language as your patient, no matter what language that is, you will be able to communicate more effectively and cultivate a deeper connection. But I also mean that in some more indirect ways. And remember when I talked about earlier that along with learning ASL as a language, I was learning about deaf etiquette, deaf history, deaf culture. I would never want to speak for the deaf community. And if there's only two things or three things you take away from this video, it's that I am a hearing person and I am not deaf and I am not an expert. There is definitely more to how beautiful and rich the deaf community is than whatever I'm going to say in the next few minutes. So definitely keep that in mind. But in learning about 
things about deaf culture and deaf etiquette, even just things like how deaf people use the physical space around them to communicate more than hearing people do. Because I, as a hearing person, if I'm talking to another hearing person, I'm probably not going to reach out and touch them. I'm probably not going to invade their physical space or use my physical space around me to communicate. But deaf people, it's very common if you are communicating with a deaf person, you might wave your hand in front of their eyes so you know that they're looking at you, or you might flicker the light switch, you might stomp on the floor or tap the table. You know, you might touch their shoulder or tap their knee to get their attention, and all of that is very natural and normal for most people in the deaf community. Even just knowing that there are communication differences and etiquette and cultural differences between me as a hearing person and most deaf people I'm likely to meet is helping me to be a more considerate and compassionate and hopefully a more effective healthcare provider in the future because I can't just assume that any person who walks into my office, regardless of what language they speak, regardless of who they are, regardless of how much they may or may not look or sound like me, I can't assume that we have the same experiences and I can't assume that we communicate in the same way. You know, I can't just assume that anyone who walks into my office is going to be really comfortable with making lots of eye contact with me. They might not be super comfortable with me asking very direct questions about things about their health. You know, they might not be comfortable talking to me because I'm a woman and they're not a woman. Um, things like that. Having the awareness of communication and cultural differences that I've learned through my ASL classes and experiences with the deaf community, and especially living with my deaf roommate, is helping me to approach patient encounters and approach case studies and approach situations with much more sensitivity and awareness of the differences that might exist. And I'm working on, and as a student, I'm definitely not perfect at this, but I'm working on not making those assumptions as soon as I read a name on a chart or see information about a patient or as soon as I look at them. And I think that's really, really powerful and I'm really grateful for the opportunities I've had to immerse myself into deaf culture and the deaf community to learn those things and then being able to transfer those skills to my experience as a healthcare student working to become a healthcare professional. I think another piece of all of this is, like I said at the beginning in ASL, it's so important for healthcare students to be self-aware about their skills and not only their healthcare skills in terms of what is your scope of practice, what is your expertise, what are you competent and proficient in, but with your language skills, when do you know enough language to be helpful in a situation or to assist in a situation or to make a connection in a situation? And when are your language skills not enough to help? When are your language skills going to get more in the way than they are going to help? And it can be really tough to balance all of that and to make snap judgments about a situation. And I was chatting with my old deaf roommate Renee and she said it's very frustrating when she'll go into a healthcare situation and the provider won't know enough language to have a meaningful conversation. You know, it's not enough just to be able to spell your name and, you know, sign a few swear words. That is not effective or meaningful communication. And when I think about being self-aware about my language skills, like I said at the beginning, I can chat with people, I can understand people's signs, I can use my own signs to communicate, but I'm not fluent. I'm not fluent in any sense of the word. And in a professional healthcare setting, I know enough about my skill level to know that I don't know enough language to conduct a full patient exam or a full patient assessment completely in ASL. Sure, I could chat with the patient, ask about their family, ask how they're doing, but when it comes to discussing more complex topics about 
carbohydrates and micronutrients and, you know, vegetables. I mean, I don't have the language skills to be able to understand everything the patient says to me, and I don't have the language skills to be able to explain to the patient in ASL everything that I need them to know about their health condition or everything that I want to educate them about nutrition. And I generally tend to, when I'm writing about my language skills on my resume, I tend to say that I'm proficient because I am. But I definitely, when anyone ever asks me about my language skills, I'm always quick to say that I'm not fluent because I need to be honest about my skill level. And I think if you're out there wondering about how proficient you are and how fluent you might be or even how much you may or may not know, it's okay to admit that you know a second language but you don't know enough. It is always okay to not know enough, especially when you admit that and then you are able to connect with a person or a resource that does have enough of that information, which is an excellent transition into the fact that healthcare interpreters in every language are incredible. They do incredible work and they're a really, really vital part of the healthcare team. And I feel like I never really see healthcare interpreters brought up when it comes to talking about healthcare and interprofessional teams. Because interpreters a lot of the time are able to interpret really complex situations and explain really complex topics that make sense, but then also interpreters can sometimes provide a little bit of a cultural perspective. I'm not an expert at interpreter scope of practice for sure, but this is just some things I've experienced because interpreters are likely to be able to know if the provider says something in English and uses specific words, the interpreter might need to frame those words a little bit differently to make sense in context, or they might have to provide additional explanation or bridge that cultural barrier with the language. And I think that's pretty darn cool. I think it's truly amazing that healthcare interpreters are available to us as future healthcare professionals and healthcare professionals because we are able to reach so many more patients and educate so many more patients and start to bridge that information accessibility gap with the use of interpreters. And all of that being said, and I don't say this to in any way, shape, or form negate the importance of healthcare and medical interpreters, but there is a difference between utilizing a healthcare interpreter to speak to an educated patient and knowing the patient's language and being able to communicate and connect with that patient's language directly and make a direct connection with the patient. I think there's a big difference between those two things and that's why, again, it's so important to know your skill level, to know when you can use your language to connect directly with the patient and when you should be using an interpreter. But then also it's definitely serving as inspiration for me as both an ASL student and a healthcare student, I would love to one day be confident enough in my signing, be fluent enough in my signing to conduct a full patient interview or encounter in that patient's language. If I had a deaf patient come to me as a dietitian, I would love to be able to communicate with them directly without an interpreter because I think that's just so crazy, crazy important. And that applies to any language, Spanish, Somali, Hmong, like whatever the language is. It's so, so, so important that we are providing healthcare information and access in whatever the patient's language is. So if you're a college student, definitely, definitely invest in opportunities to learn a new language and grow your language skills. 
Maybe that means you're taking classes. Maybe it means you're joining clubs or going to events based around that language or that culture. So you have the opportunity to practice making new friends who use those languages. And I'd also say maybe you're somebody who grew up using a second language in your household. Find opportunities in college to continue to grow that language skill. And I know that there's a lot, a lot, a lot of more complex issues related to second languages in homes, especially in terms of culture and assimilating to America, and I don't want to step on any toes in that situation, but if you're comfortable, if you can, if you're passionate about it, definitely invest in your language skills. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I had so much fun making it, so much fun challenging myself. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. Let me know down in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube. Do you know any other languages besides English? What are they? Definitely leave me a thumbs up on this video and subscribe to my YouTube channel if you're listening on YouTube. If you're listening on a podcast platform, definitely leave me a five-star review and a rating. Go follow me on Instagram. I am at FeedThatNation. Until next time, my name is Natalie Nation, and you're listening to Feed That Nation. Have a great day, and I'll see you soon.